Welcome back, everyone, to another episode here on the 5571 Podcast, where we discuss all things Disney parks and theme parks, but more exclusively Disneyland Park, and definitely a big focus on that this week as we discuss Disney's Lunar New Year celebration, which started at Disney California Adventure Park, and the upcoming Disney 100 celebration that kicks off this week over at the Disneyland Resort. Um, But I wanted to take a moment again to thank everyone for listening to the podcast, for sending in reviews, and also leaving ratings on their podcast platforms. It really does help the podcast get pushed out to new people. So I wanted to thank everyone again for taking a moment to do that. And if you had any comments to send, any questions, Questions you'd like us to answer or anything at all you'd like to say, you can of course send a, an email to us over at podcast at the 5571.com. Again, that's podcast at the 5571.com. But let's go ahead and get started on this episode with the 5571 news segment. Starting off over at Disneyland Park, I wanted to mention something about Adventureland. So we all know, based on prior episodes and if you watch my YouTube channel, that um, Indiana Jones Adventure already closed um, on January 9th. Um, But with that closure was actually a more larger closure with Adventureland that we just weren't expecting um, before it happened. And basically that is that Adventureland is actually now completely closed off as a walkway. And the only things accessible in Adventureland are going to be up to Bengal Barbecue and the Jungle Cruise. And there's no longer any throughput to New Orleans Square or the rest of Rivers of America from Adventureland. Now they do have cast members positioned in Adventureland's main entrance at two different locations to try to ward off people with a loudspeaker, um, letting them know, hey, you're walking into a dead end. Hey, please don't come here unless you're going to Bengal Barbecue or Jungle Cruise. But it doesn't seem to stop just quite everyone, and it looks like some people do get through. But I just wanted to make sure everyone who's listening to this podcast knows that as of right now, Adventureland is fully closed at Disneyland um, to a dead end. But if you want to access Bengal Barbecue, you can still do so. There's a spot to wait in line for walk-up orders, as well as an area to pick up your mobile orders. So that remains unchanged. And also, you can still um, find all the normal dining areas you would expect for Bengal Barbecue. None of that is actually affected. Um, the Jungle Cruise attraction is open during this closure, um, but you're going to be accessi- accessing the attraction through the stroller kind of queue area that's normally there for the attraction. So that covered spot kind of right by the exit of the attraction, there's a new kind of alternate entrance because essentially the entire walkway from about where the Bengal barbecue is located all the way up until where Pirates of the Caribbean is on the other side of the pathway on the Rivers of America is completely closed because not only is this area where Indiana Jones Adventure is, but it's also where the upcoming Adventureland Treehouse is sitting. And as we know, um, work is winding down very quickly on the treehouse. They're finishing up a lot of work on that treehouse, getting it ready to reopen. Now, we don't have a reopening date for the treehouse just quite yet, but we do know um, that they're doing some major work right now, taking this opportunity while Indiana Jones is closed to kind of close off this area and really um, do that major work that needs to be done. Obviously, we know as Adventureland Treehouse, it's going back to that original style and look of what it used to be like with the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. And with that being an all new entrance at the base of the tree, kind of where 
Um, you would normally see that staircase that goes up to 21 Royal there as you enter Adventureland from New Orleans Square. That's where the entrance used to be, and that's where we're expecting it to once again return. They did showcase on the artwork that water wheel, water feature along the base of the tree, which was an iconic staple of the original Swiss Family Robinson treehouse. So that is making its return, and all that pathway kind of needs to be reworked. Obviously, they took a long time to um, redo that once they removed the large tree entrance, which we had for Tarzan's treehouse. Um, but now they're taking an opportunity to remove the ground once again and kind of do all the major land work that needs to be done to put that new entrance in for the Adventureland treehouse. Now, like I mentioned, we don't have an opening date for the treehouse just yet, and we also don't have an end date for when this closure in Adventureland is going to stop. Now, um, because of this closure, obviously the only real throughput to the rest of the west side of Disneyland is going to be through Frontierland, at least from the hub. Now, if you're already finding yourself in Fantasyland, you can, of course, walk that back way through Fantasyland into Frontierland and also come through along the Rivers of America to the rest of Disneyland's west side for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Critter Country, things like that. Um, however, from the hub, Frontierland's going to be your only spot to get directly to the west side attractions like Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion. Now, with that closure, it does put extra strain on the crowding that does come alongside the Rivers of America pathway there in front of the Riverbell Terrace and alongside the Rivers of America over towards Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion. And because of that extra strain on the pathways, being that the Frontierland walkways and Rivers of America are the really only major arteries in the rest of Disneyland right there, that having Fantasmic during a time like this just isn't possible. So we did also see the cancellation and removal of Fantasmic showings during this closure of Adventureland um, all the way up until February 2nd. So we do have a date where Fantasmic does return on the calendar, which is going to be February 3rd, but it, it really wasn't announced and it kind of all happened last minute. They probably realized that because of the closure of the pathway and the additional traffic that comes into it, closing off any pathways at all for viewing for Fantasmic just wasn't going to be a possibility as far as crowd flow goes. So um, now, of course, this is all subject to change, right? Disney um, can delay some of this. Maybe they open it a little bit earlier. But as of when I recorded this podcast, um, Fantasmic shows were canceled up through February 2nd, and we're back on the calendar starting February 3rd. So if Fantasmic is something that you're interested in or you want to make sure that you're doing during your stay, Definitely check the entertainment calendar for your visit to make sure there are showings of Fantasmic or any of the other shows you're looking forward to seeing. Um, but I just wanted to mention that kind of longer segment for Adventureland because it was kind of confusing. It was sort of um, unexpected as far as the, the closure of the pathway. We definitely knew Indiana Jones was closing and we knew there would be some groundwork around the Adventureland Treehouse to kind of rebuild that entrance, but didn't know quite how extensive it was. So um, we're seeing a lot more closure with that. So I just wanted to make sure everyone was aware. If you aren't someone that watches my YouTube videos, I have more of a visual for this on my actual YouTube channel with an, a Disneyland update that I did. So if you want more of a visual on it, um, I definitely have um, the latest video on my YouTube channel talking about that update over at Disneyland. But let's go and head over now to the East Coast for Walt Disney World 
World because Walt Disney World actually had its official last day of operation for their Splash Mountain attraction as it now closes to prepare for the grand reimagining of the attraction to Tiana's Bayou Adventure, which is going to be happening not only at Disney World, but also at Disneyland Park. Although at Disneyland, we still don't have a closure date for our Splash Mountain attraction when it begins its construction and renovation to become Tiana's Bayou Adventure. But as of now, Disney World's Splash Mountain has officially been closed for the reimagining of this attraction into Tiana's Bayou Adventure. And there was some additional excitement that day for onlookers who were able to spot a full log of riders that were all Walt Disney Imagineers, more specifically, executive producer at Walt Disney Imagineering, Sharita Carter, who is the lead on the Tiana's Bayou Adventure project. It looked like they were riding through the attraction all wearing headphones, doing some sort of audio test, potentially with the attraction's new music or new audio scenes, and also simultaneously pointing at areas of the attraction that might have new show scenes or new audio animatronics that didn't exist yet. Um, this was exciting to see. This is something that they were, you know, getting ready to start right away. It seems like work will begin very quickly on this attraction. All we know so far for both the Disneyland version and the Walt Disney World version is that they will both reopen sometime and late 2024. Next, let's talk about Disney 100. Of course, the celebration kicks off this Friday, January 27th, over at the Disneyland Resort, alongside the grand opening of the brand new Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway attraction over in Mickey's Toontown. Now, the attraction will be the only thing open on Friday in Mickey's Toontown, and of course, Mickey's Toontown will open at a later date in March with its own grand opening. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway will only be available for boarding starting Friday by using the virtual queue process or by purchasing an individual lightning lane both of which we're going to go over later in the Main Street topic because there's a lot of questions surrounding the process of that for a lot of guests that are trying to experience it. But again, there won't be a standby option for this attraction. The only way to experience it will be to join the virtual queue and or to purchase an individual lightning lane for the attraction while it's still available. And lastly, the Lunar New Year Festival over at Disney California Adventure Park has kicked off on Friday, January 20th, and it's going to be going all the way through February 15th. There were some major changes this year to the layout of the festival and how big it actually was, as well as how you watch and view Mulan's Lunar New Year procession, which is sort of their Lunar New Year parade uh, during this festival time. But we're going to go into some more details about the Lunar New Year Festival for our Main Street topic. So that wraps up our 5571 News segment. And let's head on over to the main topic now. And let's continue the coverage talking about the Lunar New Year Festival. Now, I had the opportunity to actually visit the Lunar New Year Festival on its grand opening day, Friday, January 20th, and it was a ton of fun. Um, it was more fun this year, I felt, than previous years. And part of that being the festival itself actually grew its footprint to a much larger space throughout the park as a prominent festival, something like you would expect to see with like the food and wine festival they have or the festival of holidays. Um, now, the festival's archway entrance into kind of like the booth 
food booth alley, as I would like to call it, started over by Cars Land's main entrance um, just before, just after the Avengers Campus entrance. Um, and this was the first time it's been there. Typically, the archway starts the food booths all the way down the parade corridor closer to Pixar Pier's entrance and the Little Mermaid attraction. Um, but this year, like I mentioned, it was all the way down past Cars Land and by Avengers Campus. Um, and with that, it brought two new themed food booths this year, including um, a larger beer booth that we normally see during the Food and Wine Festival, this time coming to life during the Lunar New Year Festival as the Bamboo Blessings booth. Now, this booth featured a lot of beers available, some beer flights, things we normally get during the Food and Wine Festival, so it was great to see them expand that offering during the Lunar New Year Festival. And this booth also featured two food items, both of which are very famous items in the Lunar New Year Festival in previous years, including the Mickey hot dog bun, as well as the um, the purple macaron, purple potato macaron, which is like basically a sweet potato paste um, inside a bright red macaron, Mickey-shaped with some gold accents on it as well, both of which are extremely popular um, items in past years, and they are available at this booth, um, which was called Bamboo Blessings, again, just outside the main entrance to Cars Land. Now, the other brand new booth this year was called Wrapped with Love. Now, if you watched my YouTube channel, I actually showed them setting up for the Lunar New Year Festival, and originally this booth had a home down that San Francisco Street corridor over by Grizzly River Run. But since the festival first started on Friday, they actually moved the booth again just outside the Sonoma Terrace across from the Pacific Wharf um, for its new home through the festival. So essentially just after the Bamboo Blessings booth, you would find the Wrapped with Love booth on the left-hand side of the parade corridor. This is also going to be a new booth this year featuring dumplings and wontons, um, both of which offer a you know vegan option as well as a meat eater option. Um, and this was a very popular booth uh, during the festival. Uh, so great new additions this particular year. Um, and then the other big change was going to be how you watch the Lunar New Year procession. In past years, um, when they introduced this new show, um, you know, in, in the very, very, very long years past, um, the show would come out from over by Pixar Pier's parade entrance and kind of head into the World of Color viewing area and do kind of like a show for guests that were standing there or sitting there um, in the middle of that kind of Paradise Gardens Park area where you would watch World of Color. Um, and then since the previous year, they actually turned it into a procession and made it sort of like a mini parade, uh, including giving it floats and having dancers before and afterward. Um, but the parade started again at Pixar Pier's entrance, which is kind of by where the Inside Out attraction is, Emotional Whirlwind, and then headed to where the Little Mermaid attraction was and Pixar Pier's main entrance, sort of making a awkward U-turn <laughs> by all the guests right there, which really made it confusing for guest control, the cast members working guest control, and the guests that were trying to get food at the different booths, etc., while trying to watch this parade um, in its small, limited space. Um, the big change this year was the parade actually went down the entire parade corridor at Disney California Adventure Park, which for those of you that don't know, Disney California Adventure Park actually has one of the largest parade routes of any Disney park. 
in the world. Um, and so it's a very, very long parade route, which gives a lot of people an opportunity to have the ability to watch the show and the parade and um, not have to crowd in specific areas, kind of like they were doing before. Now, a big no uh, key note here for this particular procession, um, it's about maybe five minutes long um, as far as the parade. It's not a full parade. It's, that's why they call it more of a procession. And every single time we were watching the procession, and I watched it on two different days, it started off over by the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction, the parade entrance there that's in between the Hyperion Theater and the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction. And then it made its way all the way to Pixar Pier, and that's where the parade ended. A lot of people were confused because in prior years, that's where it started. So many people were waiting on that side of the park for the parade at its normal listed showtime. Um, but by the time it actually got there, being it is a very, very, very long parade route, um, it was many, many minutes later. So keep in mind, if you're wanting to watch the procession right where it starts, you're going to want to watch it over in Hollywoodland. And that was kind of another place where this festival actually grew a little bit more. Now, because the parade actually goes through Hollywoodland, they brought a little bit of the decor for the Lunar New Year Festival over on that Hollywoodland street, the Hollywood Boulevard there. There's some banners featuring the Year of the Rabbit. And additionally, the Hollywood Lounge, very popular bar and kind of outdoor restaurant there um, over by Monsters, Inc. had some Lunar New Year offerings as well. Now, I don't believe any of them took um, Sip and Savor Pass tabs for their items, but they did have some themed cocktails and drinks over at the Hollywood Lounge, as well as some um, food items that tied in with the festival. So that is another option for you to keep in mind if you were trying to get some Lunar New Year themed items or special foods you haven't been able to try before. Definitely don't forget the Hollywood Lounge at the back over there in Hollywoodland. Um, but the parade starts there and went all the way through. It definitely um, had some additions this year. They had some new performers, new costumes, and they even had a little kind of feature float for Oswald since he was the lucky rabbit featured this year for the year of the rabbit. Um, and of course, they had the big float in the middle with the drummers and Mulan and Mushu and some of the other Fab Five characters like Goofy and then additional characters like Chip and Dale. So um, it was similar to last year's procession, but a little bit bigger, a little bit grander and really great to see it go through the whole park, giving really the whole park, the feeling that the entire park was celebrating the Lunar New Year Festival and not just a section of it. Uh, so that really made it kind of a lot more fun as a guest there because it felt like so much more of the park was involved. Additionally, there's live entertainment happening at two different spots in the park. Um, you're going to find live entertainment offerings over at Sonoma Terrace, which is attached to the Wine Country Trattoria restaurant. They had a great acapella group there performing. Um, and some additional food items there too. Don't forget, people were forgetting Sonoma Terrace as having food items, and they were items that you can use your Sip and Savor Pass for. Um, additionally, there's a stage over at the Paradise Gardens Park area um, by Paradise Garden Grill and also the Boardwalk Pizza and Pasta restaurant. Uh, of course, that stage is always there, but that's another location they were having live entertainment. Um, they had dancers there. They had musicians performing. Lots of different things going on. The park felt really alive with um, the entertainment they were offering for Lunar New Year Festival. Other changes I saw this year 
um, were some new food items. They definitely went with more of a fusion flair this year rather than more authentic items. We saw things like the queso birria um, egg roll and the pizza bao buns um, and the elote with gochujang sauce. So lots of different fusion items that were kind of like a mix of you know, Mexican, Latin American food uh, mixed with some Asian inspiration. Um, so not quite super authentic to the culture they represent, but Disney trying to put its own spin on some of the things that they were offering. I actually was surprised that I enjoyed the pizza bao buns a lot myself. I was fully expecting to hate these, and I know a lot of people didn't like them actually, but I thought they were pretty good. And it was a great way to use your tab because you got two of them compared to things like the um, queso birria egg roll, which did taste really, really awesome. I can't, I can't admit that. It was really, really good. But you only get one item and priced at just over $9. Unless you're using your tab on it, it really kind of seemed like a steep price for just one egg roll. Um, and that leads me to talking about the Sip and Savor Pass. Now, the Food and Wine Festival offers a Sip and Savor Pass, as does the Festival of Holidays. And it's no different for the Lunar New Year Festival. However, for Lunar New Year Festival, their Sip and Savor Pass only comes with six tabs instead of the eight you would find at the other two festivals. Now, the price does come down to reflect that change in the available tabs. Um, you get six tabs at the price of $42 for Magic Key holders and a price of $45 for regular guests who aren't using a Magic Key discount. So you do get a little bit of a discount if you show your Magic Key as well as a collectible lanyard for the Sip and Saver Pass. And again, that's six tabs to use on any food items and any drink items that are non-alcoholic at any of the booths. But of course, you're going to want to get strategic here and use those tabs on things that cost more than what you would have paid for the particular sip and saver pass, right? So if you're if you're a magic key holder paying $42 for it, you're gonna to want to make sure you're getting items that are priced at $8 or $9 to make sure you're getting your bang for your buck on those sip and saver tabs. You're not gonna to want to use them on desserts like uh, items like dessert, excuse me, or non-alcoholic drinks, both of which are kind of priced five, six, seven dollars. Um, those are maybe items you want to spend your money on as an additional item. And then use your sip and saver pass on the more expensive items like the queso birria egg roll, which is over nine dollars the pizza bao buns, which are $9, and a lot more items you would find in the $8 or $9 range, you're going to want to use it on those to get your money's worth. Now, don't forget the Paradise Garden Grill over in the Paradise Gardens Park area. That's going to be the back towards, walking towards like the Jumpin' Jellyfish attraction. That's going to be, um, now it's, it's really now just a rotating restaurant for whatever festival is going on. It used to be kind of a Mediterranean restaurant. And then, you know, at some point during festival holidays and Viva Navidad, they turned it into, um, you know, a, re a restaurant that offered some Mexican offerings during that time frame of Viva Navidad. Um, but now it's really just become a rotating restaurant for whatever festival is going on at the time. So right now during Lunar New Year Festival, they are offering a full Asian food spread. They've got whole fried fish there. They have chicken bulgogi. They have um, a, a banh mi again, a, a pork banh mi. There's lots of different offerings there. And don't forget, this is an area too where you can use your sip and savor pass 
All the items, of course, are full entree sized, but Sip and Saver can have a smaller portion at this restaurant, so keep that in mind as an area to use your tab. And like I mentioned earlier in the podcast just a few minutes ago, the Sonoma Terrace location, which is attached to Wine Country Trattoria, they also have a food item, which was Sip and Saver eligible, and that was a Pad Thai spring roll. Um, so, And spring rolls are great, and it's a, a pretty good size spring roll, so keep that in mind as an offering to use it at as well, too. Now, as I mentioned a little bit earlier as well, this was the year of the rabbit, so the main featured characters this year were actually Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, and he was a character you could meet, and again, this was over by the Paradise Gardens Park area where the Paradise Garden Grill is. That's kind of like the festival center with a lot of activities going on there. They have a dedicated character meet and greet location kind of closer to the restaurant, and um, you could meet Mickey there, you could meet Minnie there in their special Lunar New Year outfits, as well as Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, But of course, for a Vietnamese New Year, they were also celebrating Year of the Cat, since it's a little bit different than Year of the Rabbit on this specific year, and I think it's also for the Year of the Ox. Um, They have like the water buffalo for Vietnamese New Year. So this was one of those years where the Vietnamese um, zodiac animal is different than the Chinese calendar. Um, So they also had a cat offering because Oswald the Lucky Rabbit's girlfriend is Hortensia the cat. So for the first time in U.S. Disney parks, Hortensia made her debut at Disney California Adventure Park in full Vietnamese traditional garb, um, and she was a character that you could meet as well. Now, they did highlight both of these characters meeting together in some of their like media promotional images, but while we were there, they were only ever meeting separately. There was never really a time where Hortensia and Oswald the rabbit were meeting together, so... Um, They were meeting at different times, kind of by themselves. Also keep in mind, Oswald's in the parade. So most of the time, it was Hortensia that was doing meet and greets along with Mickey and with Minnie. They also had Mulan um, as a meet and greet as well, too. Um, Now, when you get in line for this meet and greet, the lines can get long. It was about 30 to 45 minutes most of the day when we were there. But you never know which character you're going to get. Of course, they have to rotate them out every so often, so you might wait in line and see two different characters rotate through. Even though you enter the line and maybe want to meet Hortensia, you might end up meeting Oswald. You just really can't time it, I guess you could say. You're kind of at the mercy of whatever character is available when you get up there. So keep that in mind as well if you were looking to meet a specific character um, during the festival on your visit. And the last thing I wanted to mention for the Lunar New Year Festival is, of course, if you're a Magic Key holder, head on over to the Silly Symphony Swings attraction on the underside of the attraction. They're doing a Magic Key holder giveaway during the festival, a lot like they do normally during a lot of these festivals. But they're giving you a commemorative button with Oswald and Hortensia on it, celebrating the Year of the Cat and Year of the Rabbit together. There's also a photo op that has um, some more artwork as well, too, for the Year of the Cat and the Year of the Rabbit that you can take Um, as well as some tables and things down there. Um, So if any of the tables get busy along the parade corridor when you're getting your food, you can actually bring it over to this exclusive magic key holder area um, and get some kind of off the beaten path space to enjoy your food. So keep that in mind. That did start when we were there on both days at 1 p.m. 
So definitely check with the cast members in the area or check the the Disneyland app. There were a lot of things for the Lunar New Year Festival listed within the Disneyland app. So check them out day of. You're going to find your showtimes there for Mulan's Lunar New Year procession. You're going to find your showtimes there for the different live entertainment acts that are available over at Sonoma Terrace and the Paradise Garden bandstand that stand right in front of Paradise Garden Grill. So definitely use the app. It's going to be your friend during the festival to get the most you can out of the Lunar New Year Festival, but I highly recommend it. And like I mentioned, my favorite food item for those that are asking was going to be the pizza bao buns. I, like I said, I wasn't expecting to it to like those as much as I did, but I really did. Um, I really love the quesadilla egg rolls well too, um, but at $9, it's just like a steep offering. So unless Unless you're really, um, you know, going to be doing the Sip and Savor Pass, I, I wouldn't recommend buying it just because it's so expensive. At least with the bao buns, you can share it because you get two of them. Um, but with the egg roll, there's only one. So unless you're for sure getting the Sip and Savor Pass, I'd probably only go with the bao buns as my choice um, or any of the dumpling offerings as well, too. But for my second half of the Main Street topic, I wanted to talk about Disney 100 and more specifically kicking off this Friday, the grand opening of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Now, Disney finally shared details on how we're going to be able to experience the attraction, and I wanted to kind of break it down so that the questions can be answered for those people that had them, and people had a lot of questions about how to do this, how to get on the attraction, will there be standby, can you purchase Lightning for Lightning Lane for it, is it going to be part of Disney Genie Plus? So I wanted to try to maybe answer as many of those questions as possible during this particular episode episode so that people who are listening to it throughout the week can be prepared if they're coming this upcoming weekend for the Disney 100 celebration and to experience the brand new attraction. So if you have been a design in the past when things like Star Wars Rise of the Resistance opened, or if you've ever watched World of Color in any of its viewing areas that are reserved, you've probably used the virtual queue before, and that's what Disney's uh, is going to be using for um, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway attraction opening up at Toontown on January 27th. They're going to be doing the virtual queue and they're going to have two different times to enter the virtual queue for this attraction. There's going to be one available starting at 7 a.m. and then the second one available starting at 1 p.m. Now there's different rules for each of these different sections. The first time, of course, starting at 7 a.m. is going to be before the parks actually open. So with this particular start time, you actually don't have to be on property. You don't have to be scanned into a park. All you have to have is a valid theme park admission and a reservation to enter Disneyland with a Disneyland start. So a Disneyland start reservation and valid theme park admission for that particular day that you're trying to enter the queue. And whether you're on property, off property, in your hotel room, or at home, you'll have the opportunity to make that boarding group selection starting at 7 a.m. and hopefully get selected for your boarding group number um, during that first selection process. However, if you aren't able to do it and you aren't selected or don't get an opportunity to try it, you'll have another opportunity starting at 1 p.m., but this one's gonna have a little bit different criteria. Now on this one, you can have a starting park reservation at either California Adventure Park or at Disneyland Park. Of course, if you're at California Adventure Park, you would need some sort of valid admission that would grant you access to Disneyland Park if you have a one day 
one park ticket for California Adventure. Obviously, you won't have access to McCain Rennie's Runaway Railway since it's at Disneyland Park. But if you have a Park Hopper ticket or a Magic Key and you have a starting park reservation at Disney California Adventure Park, or if you're starting at Disneyland but maybe missed the 7 a.m. time slot, you weren't able to get one, you'll have a second opportunity. But this one does require that you've been scanned into a park, which essentially means that you are on property. Um, now, whether you've scanned into Disneyland Park or whether you've scanned into Disney California Adventure Park, that will be the criteria for every member in your party trying to get into that virtual boarding group or virtual queue for the second slot of 1 p.m. Now, if you have someone off property trying to join, this won't work. Um, that'll only work for the 7 a.m. time slot. So keep that in mind. If you are maybe having someone join later, they may not have the opportunity to join that virtual queue with you starting at 1 p.m. if they haven't entered the park yet. Now, there is another option to experience the attraction, and that's going to be through the Genie Plus or the individual lightning lane, excuse me, not the Genie Plus lightning lane. So if you're purchasing Genie Plus, it's not going to include Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, but Disney's going to offer the attraction as an individual lightning lane, which does have a different pricing depending on the day of the week, the day of the month, whatever. Um, it can vary anywhere from as low as like $16 or $17 all the way up to like $35. So and this is going to be a per person cost, and it will grant you access to the lightning lane at the attraction. Now, we mentioned the virtual queues before. Now, those will not grant you access into the lightning lane. You're going to have to wait in the attraction's normal queue. The virtual queue does not hold your spot in line. It simply allows you the opportunity to enter the standby line, which is not going to be open to the general public. Now, a normal attraction, you can just enter the standby queue and wait for however long the attraction's listed wait time is to experience the attraction, or you can do a lightning lane at that attraction to skip the line, whether it's an individual lightning lane or a bookable lightning lane through Genie Plus. However, for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, there is no standby option. Virtual queue is the only way, so Getting your virtual queue boarding group doesn't mean you're going to skip the line. It just means that you have a specified time of when you can enter the line. And that line may be 90 minutes when you enter it. So keep that in mind. There may still be a lot of waiting ahead even when your boarding group is called. It is not a boarding group for immediate boarding. Now for immediate boarding, that's going to be closer to what's offered in the lightning lane. Now the lightning lane is gonna be an expedited queue and I'm hoping at this attraction, since it's a newer one, the process of getting to kind of the expedited front access is gonna be a little bit quicker than some of the attractions we see in the past already available at Disneyland and Disney California Adventure for Lightning Lane. But this is going to be available from individual Lightning Lane purchases. This means you don't have to have the Genie Plus service for the day to purchase a Lightning Lane for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. You can purchase it individually, which is why they call it an individual Lightning Lane. It also means that if you have the Genie Plus Lightning lane service purchase for the day, it doesn't include this. So if you bought Genie Plus, you're going to also have to buy Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway as an additional cost per person if that's an attraction that you want to experience. 
if that's all you want to experience and you don't care about the rest of the attractions available in Genie Plus, don't think that you have to buy Genie Plus in order to buy the individual Lightning Lane. I know it's very confusing. Disney doesn't make it very easy for this, you know, line skipping service, but it will be available for individual Lightning Lane and we won't know what the price is per day until you check the app. So on the Disneyland app, there's actually a My Genie Plus Day or My Disney Day, I think it is. And then there's the tip board. You're going to go on to the tip board tab of the Disneyland app. And then you're going to scroll down when you're on Disneyland Park to find the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway attraction. It'll have an option there to purchase a lightning lane for the attraction, an individual lightning lane. And it will let you select from the attractions available listed times for the day. And it will sell all of those individual lightning lane time slots until it runs out. Now you can pick your preferred time slot, um, but during that process, you might actually just run out uh, when trying to select the time that you specify, because there's gonna be so many people trying to purchase these lightning lanes. It would be my biggest recommendation to if you're not too used to the system to really just buy whatever time it's offering you in that moment to really expedite that and make sure that you get it if that's what you're wanting to do um, by trying to select your specific time you might select it and then try to buy it and then it's sold out and then you try to go back and then all of them and sold out it, it will sell out very very quickly probably almost immediately at first when the attraction is new but there will be a point where it'll be available throughout the day, just like Rise of the Resistance is. So keep in mind, if you are experiencing the attraction a little bit later after it's been open for a while, you may not have to deal with all the madness of people trying to buy it all at once. But those are the three, I guess, ways to experience um, the uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway attraction. Now, nothing is confirmed, but nothing is essentially preventing you from being able to do the virtual queue as well as the individual lightning lane. Now, this is something that you're able to do currently on other attractions. This is something that you can do over at Walt Disney World um, for Guardians of the Galaxy, which also uses virtual queue there in Epcot theme park. Um, so technically, if you are pretty experienced and maybe want to experience the attraction more than once per day, on your visit, you can try to enter one of the virtual queue time slots, whether it's the 7 a.m. time slot or the 1 p.m. time slot, and you can simultaneously try to purchase an individual lightning lane. But keep in mind, the individual lightning lane price is not for your group, it's per person, so it can add up. If it's maybe closer to the $30 mark, you might be having a high, high price tag for like a family of five or a party of five. Um, if you're trying to buy everyone an individual lightning lane for the attraction. But like I said, this is going to be more of an immediate boarding, a um, lot less waiting. So if you're wanting kind of that experience, this may be the route for you. Um, so those are kind of all the mainstream experiences that are available to experience the attraction. Um, unfortunately, there's not going to be an option for you to just wait in line for the ride. The whole purpose of the virtual queue is to try to cut off those really long five to six hour waits we would see in the past of a brand new attraction opening for the first time. Um, this lets the attraction kind of remain at a semi-decent length of sort of like 60 minutes to 90 minutes, um, which would, you know, you'd still expect for a popular attraction, um, but manageable in a day's time um, if you were able to get a boarding group. 
Now, keep in mind, you might be at 7 a.m. grabbing your boarding group, and you get boarding group like 124, and that doesn't have a return time estimated for another 300-something minutes. Unfortunately, you are tied to when your boarding group number is called, and you do have an hour to return, but if it does conflict with other things, um, they are pretty strict on that one-hour time window. Now, they might be able to make one-off exceptions, um, but they're pretty strict on keeping you to that one-hour time window. So um, make sure you're checking you know, with your reservations that day that you may have for dinner, um, hopefully, you know, other attractions you've made reservations for, it doesn't conflict with, but um, it is sort of something that you risk when you're doing these virtual queue things and also with the individual lightning lane if you're kind of letting it select whatever time for you. But other than, oh, and I kind of forgot to mention, this isn't for everyone in the mainstream, I guess you could say, but um, if you're doing a VIP tour, um, if there's lightning lane available on the attraction, typically VIP tours can enter lightning lanes um, unrestricted. So that is potentially another way, potentially, that you can enter the attraction um, through the lightning lane without having to purchase it is being on a VIP tour. But not very many people do VIP tours, um, but that is an option for you um, if you are doing um, a VIP tour, they may potentially be able to get you through the lightning lane. Um, and of course, you'd have to ask your VIP tour guide host as well. But the other mainstream ways of going through virtual queue, individual lightning lane is basically the only ways at this point, there's no word for how long we're going to be doing virtual queues um, before they just open the standby. I would imagine they're going to be doing it this way until well after the land opens, seeing as how Toontown obviously only has one entrance in and one entrance out. It can become really much a lot of a bottleneck right there. So um, this is going to really help control traffic, hopefully, and keep people out of the area unless they're there to experience the attraction. And then later on with the land opening, that'll be bringing more people to the area to experience the other attractions and character meet and greets that are going to be available in Mickey's Toontown. And hopefully, Potentially after a time when the land's been open for a little bit and the ride's been open for a little bit, they'll be able to open the attraction's um, regular queue just for guests that want to wait, like they do for Rise of the Resistance over at Disneyland Park and over at Walt Disney World. But that wraps up the Main Street topic here for the 5571 podcast on this episode. I tried to cram in a lot of information on my thoughts for the Lunar New Year Festival, which again, were excellent. I had such a fun time experiencing that. And I'll have some of my kind of highlights and, and footage from that day in my next Disneyland update video coming out on my YouTube channel. And if you aren't subscribed there yet, definitely go subscribe to my YouTube channel, also called uh, Just Ask Danny. Uh, you can subscribe there for some new videos, typically every week. Uh, it's a little bit hard to keep up with the videos and the podcasts and a regular job, uh, but I do my best to kind of bring you guys the content. Um, and that will be um, featuring kind of the latest updates this week, as well as my thoughts on the Lunar New Year Festival. And then, of course, wrapping up, all of the questions I could think to potentially answer for experiencing Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway with this whole virtual queue kind of system that they've got set up. It can be daunting for a lot of people, and there's a lot of questions. I tried to think of as many questions as you could answer, um, and hopefully I was able to answer them. But if I didn't, 
feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram. Send me an email at podcast at the 5571.com and hopefully I'll be able to answer um, some additional questions you might have as well. But thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Make sure to add this podcast to your library and feel free to leave some feedback on whatever platform you're listening from uh, about the podcast. It does help the podcast kind of rise the ranks and get out to more people. So thank you for everyone for your support and for those who have listened thus far. I really, really appreciate it. And we'll see you next week on the next episode where we're going to talk all about our experience, not only riding the attraction, sharing hopefully some more information about virtual cues and what my experience was like. Um, but also talking with Mondo about what we thought about World of Color 1. We're going to be doing the dessert package for World of Color 1, so we'll talk about our experience with that, whether or not we felt it was worth it, and then um, just discussing all things Disney 100 because it's going to be an exciting weekend. So lots of things coming on the next week's podcast, um, and that'll be coming out on Monday. Sorry, I had to kind of re-record the ending on this one because there was a little bit of a technical snafu that prevented me from putting this out on Monday. I had to fix it uh, on the last segment and then kind of re-upload it um, to, for the following Tuesday. So if you're listening to this, thank you for your patience, um, but we'll be back to regular schedule on Monday of next week, just after the Disney 100 celebration uh, for that brand new episode. But thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next one.